you know, that's probably the greatest compliment anyone could ever make of you or I if they said Christ, I see Christ magnified in you. Well, please take a seat. On Saturday, Mary and I had a bit of time to kill in the morning, so we decided we'd go for a drive um, up the Port Wakefield Road and explore one or two of the beaches off to the left. And uh, if you know the coast up there, it's a mangrove coastline, but every little now and then there's a bit of break in the mangroves and a little beach and some holiday uh, homes there. We went into a place we'd never been before, Middle Beach, and had a bit of an explore, which was wonderful. If you ever get a chance, take your kayaks up there. There's this beautiful little... Uh, creek that comes back in off the sea through the mangroves with clear water. And you can see the fish and the crabs as you kind of look down through the water. Just a quiet, lovely little place. Well, on the way back, we, we'd often go, go up and down Port Wakefield Road. Notice there's a big building in the new development just on the north side of Two Worlds there. Thought, well, we've got time. Let's go in and see what this building is. So we pull in and have a look, and it turns out to be Xavier College, a Christian college that is being expanded and setting up a new campus there. And then we drove around the new subdivision and the thing that struck me was the street names. Here in Two Wells, a country town in South Australia, the street names in the subdivision were Abraham Lincoln Road, Steve Jobs Street. Now, I don't know what gives when you're naming South Australian country town streets after American icons. But it did make me think, you know, what is it that makes someone great? What is it that makes someone worth remembering or honouring? You know, if you think about that, uh, what is it that makes someone great? Then, you know, I guess often we default to people who stand out in some way, people who um, might be famous, they've had an impact through their skill or charisma through the things they've done, the achievements they've made by just hard work and perseverance. They often get recorded in the pages of history. So I thought I'd have a look on the web to see what people said about greatness. And in Wikipedia it says this, greatness is a state of superiority affecting a person or an object in a particular place or area. Greatness can be attributed to individuals who possess a natural ability to be better than all others. What do you think of that for a definition of greatness? Well, as a follower of Jesus, and as I've I've got to learn uh, something of Jesus' heart and, and what kind of beats in Jesus' heart, the essence of who he is, I've realised over the years that Jesus' heart, who Jesus is at the core of his being, actually tips that worldly view of greatness on its head. When Jesus one day was strolling the roads with his disciples, he caught them arguing about who was the greatest amongst them and he pulled them up and he said this to them. You can read it yourself in Mark chapter 10. You know that those who are regarded as the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you, Jesus said. In other words, you have to march to a different drum. You are being called to a different order of things. And so Jesus goes on and he says, Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. 
And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. And then he refers to himself. He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served. Jesus is God, ruler, sovereign over all things. And he says, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, in the end, history's pages are really full of a lot of people that were never truly great. But the truly great, according to Jesus, God will always see. A couple of things just to draw out of those verses for a moment. Now, these are not just fine words by Jesus because he lived them out. It was the beat of his heart. It was what led him to do the things that he did, including giving his life as a sacrifice for the rest of us that we may go free from the consequences of our sin and that our lives may be blessed and graced by God in full measure. And in doing so, he set an example for us to follow that is counter to our world. That's not about proving yourself or making a name for yourself or getting accolades, but being great in the eyes of God. You know, right now... Vladimir Putin holds himself up as the great Russian leader, saving the Russian people and the Russian culture. But if he was truly great, he and his government would do everything they could to support the people of Ukraine and the Ukrainian government to be the best nation it could be, rather than tear them down. Now, the other thing about what Jesus said is that anyone can be great because anyone can serve another in love like Jesus did. So why is such a big deal? Why is serving others as Jesus has served us so important for us? Well, firstly, it reflects the depth of the heart of God himself. When we serve another, we are reflecting the heart of God, And as people, as the Bible says, are created in the image of God, when we serve another, we are being fully human. If you never serve another person, you will never fully live out your humanity. If you never serve another person, you will never fully live out your humanity. And there's another reason, and that's because when we serve others, there's an outcome. Other people are blessed, built up, encouraged, set free, provided for. We demonstrate to them that they are loved by us, but also by God himself. Now, so far in this series of 28 days, we have, in a sense up till now, focused on some of the more internal dynamics of living in Christian community being known and knowing others, growing and helping others grow, encouraging and being encouraged. But Christian community should always have an overflow that's beyond ourselves and beyond the community that's already gathered. And one of the key ways that that happens is through our serving others beyond the community that has already come together. And again, this is a reflection of who God is. God exists, we believe, as the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. 
the divine being in community, an unbroken relationship of perfect love. And the overflow of that wonderful divine heavenly community is Jesus leaving to come to earth that we might be saved and reunited with God. And in ongoing ways, day by day, God's provision for us, his protection, his guidance, his answers to our prayers, his help and so much more is the overflow of this community of love. It's the natural thing that happens when people get together around that common heart of Jesus. And so today I want to drill down on this overflow out of the wellspring of Christian community, serving others. Ivan Cooper, who's sitting over here this morning, one of our uh, young dads sent me an email um, just recently as an encouragement to one of my, my sermon a couple of weeks ago. But in that, he included these verses from Psalm 85 as he was reflecting on the impact and dynamics of Christian community. And it just spoke deeply to me. It's beautiful poetry in itself. Listen to these words. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. And as I read that and I meditated on it, it just speaks to me about how when we cooperate with God and each other in Christian community, God's love and our love meet. God's faithfulness and our faith meet. And as that dynamic intermingles, it overflows in acts of service that touch the world around us in love. You know, we've been saying through this whole series, we are always better together. We're always better together in all things, and that includes in serving, when we hang out with God and with each other. So how does that work? What's the dynamic that happens within that context of Christian community? Well, firstly, there is this thing of encouraging one another that Kynan picked up on last week. And he talked about this passage from Hebrews 10 about how we should be encouraged, first of all, by our access into this grace by which we now stand because Jesus has opened the door to us to this free and open and full relationship with God. And as we are encouraged by living in that space, the writer of Hebrews goes on and says, consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. It's in that context of Christian community that we can spur one another on to love and good deeds. On the screen... There's a picture of our community group. It's a group that's just started uh, three weeks ago. And on the left is Reg and Ruth. They're new to South Australia, new to Hope Valley Church, new to the house they've just bought and moved into, and therefore new to their street and their neighbours. And in the first week of our community group, we met online to start with just because we were being cautious around some COVID things. And they shared the story how they had met the mother of their neighbour across the street as she came out of her daughter's house. They haven't met the neighbour herself. And they got talking and they discovered from the mum that her daughter was laid up with a severe blood clot. And she was a mum, she had a teenage child and she fosters two younger children. 
and she was kind of in bed, couldn't really do much. And so Reg and Ruth felt for her and they said to us uh, at our community group, you know, this story, and what do you think if we were to put together a package of gifts and take over just to bless her and encourage her? You know, we're new to South Australia, new to this area, not sure, you know, would people think that's too weird? And we said, no, go for it. We think it's a great thing to do. And so they went off to the shops and trusting that they could kind of put something together that would be useful and meaningful, not really knowing kind of what they should do. And so they gathered some things that were obvious and food and some other little things to be a blessing. And there was one item where um, Reg just heard himself saying, I I think that would be good for the kids. I think it was some chocolate that turned out to be gluten-free. But not really knowing why, but so they got that and put it in the package, took it over and delivered it. And this is the text that they got back from this lady afterwards. Hi, Ruth. I still can't believe what you did for me. It was so generous, kind and thoughtful. You even tailored the package perfectly for me as if you had known me for years. How wonderful is that? And it's just one example of how when we live in Christian community, we can spur one another onto love and good deeds and be a witness and have a practical impact into the lives of other people. You know, I've been to Uganda several times and spent time with Frank and his church and other pastors. And the reason I first went was because someone else that I share the Christian life with said, Scott, I think you should go. You have something to offer the pastors over there. I never would have thought about it. I never would have put my hand up. But someone encouraged me. In fact, my whole ministry journey has been growing and expanding and taking risks and stepping into spaces I never would have thought of because those that I share my Christian life with keep encouraging me to step out in faith, to have a go, to take a risk, seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself showing me how to do things in a better way. But, you know, if you're not connected in Christian community, if you're not sharing that life with a common heart around Jesus with others, you're not going to get encouraged in those ways. You're not going to step out of your comfort zone. You're going to miss those moments of divine greatness and people are going to miss out on being served by you. And on the flip side of that, you're not going to have the opportunity to encourage someone else to step out and to serve with the love of Jesus. Now, one of the other really important aspects of serving in Christian community is serving as a team. The church is described as a body that works together many parts with a common heart for a common goal. And it's really obvious if you think about it, that no one can serve every human need or hurt or hope. No one has all the time or all the resources, all the skill, all the knowledge, the wherewithal to serve every way and everyone. And that's why when Paul talked about this image of the body, he said, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God has not only created us for community, he has created us for teams so that we can serve together. You know, this morning is an example. 
You have been served and your children literally by dozens of people working in several teams. You know, there are those that cleaned the church yesterday and the toilets and the kitchen so that everything here on site was ready for you when you came. There are our guest services teams and our new people new people team that have prepared things in themselves so that as people come, they are welcomed warmly. Our baristas greet us at the 10.30 service with the smell of beautiful coffee and service at the end of the service. The worship prep team during the week who get words and graphics and videos onto the computers and tick off the copyrights. Our kids and youth teams who prepare and then lead our children on Sundays. The worship team that have practised together and individually during the week so they may lead us in, in wonderful ways into the presence of God. Our production team that you don't see unless you turn around on camera and lighting, sound, the live stream, projection. All of those teams came together with this common heart and mission to make Sunday mornings at Hope Valley Church unmissable whether you're online or on site, where everyone who enters on site experiences the welcome of heaven, where everyone who comes here gets to hear the gospel online or on site without distraction, where everyone personally has the opportunity to meet Jesus themselves. We always reach further, serve better, have a greater impact when we serve together in teams with that heart of Jesus. And then thirdly, when we live in Christian community, others get to see our needs and serve us. You know, many of us aren't so bad at reaching out to another, but we're not necessarily sometimes so good at being vulnerable and humble and letting others see our need and serve us. But when we get together in Christian community, as we gather with others and we get to know one another and we grow in sharing that common heart of Jesus, it becomes a safe place where we can let our guard down, where we can be vulnerable and humble and expose our needs and allow other people to serve us. As I draw things to a close, I want to get really practical to finish. And ask this question, have you joined a team yet? Whether it's a team serving within the life of the church or a team that is serving beyond into the community, serving with the heart of and love of God, our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say this, if you haven't, there is a place for you. In the basis of union, a document drawn up when three churches formed the Uniting Church in the 70s, it says, the church acknowledges with thanksgiving that the one spirit has endowed its members of the members of Christ's church with a diversity of gifts and that there is no gift without its corresponding service. God has a place for you to serve, no matter where you're at, no matter what your starting point is no matter how far you are down the journey of knowing Jesus. And so if you haven't joined a team, and I know many here on site have, but if you haven't, here are some tips to help you get connected and get started. First and most important is yield your heart to the heart of Jesus. Let your heart begin to beat with the rhythm, the intensity, the passion of Jesus. 
for others. Secondly, start somewhere. In a sense, it doesn't matter where you start because once you're started, Jesus can guide you. If you have two arms and two legs and a head, then you can stack chairs, you can sweep floors, you can clean toilets, you could join Monday's mob who do maintenance and some basic kind of things like that around the church, for instance. We have a range of areas within the life of our church and beyond which we might call entry-level serving opportunities where you may not even yet be a Christian but you want to begin. You may not yet know much about the Bible or you might be really new to Hope Valley Church but here's a good place where you can start. Thirdly, find a need. There's a church I visited in America uh, about 12 years ago and their motto is see a need and fill it. See a need and meet it. Last week we were down on our baristas at the last minute uh, and so one of our new mums who is new to Hope Valley who had served as a barista in a, uh, uh, when she was at university, so she had some skills, hadn't served in that way uh, for a while and hadn't been at our church very long but heard about the need. So she said, I'll jump in and help you. She saw a need and she filled it. Fourthly, consider when you're available. So no point getting excited about wanting to serve on a team on a Wednesday when you're working all day Wednesday. You've got to be practical. Sometimes I've met people who say, I'd love to do that, but that doesn't work with my calendar because of my work or pre-commitments I have with my family. Well, that's okay. God knows that. That means God knows there's another opportunity for you. Think about what is your passion. This is something to kind of keep working with because it's a bit of a journey for some of us. But what bit of God's heart has he placed in your heart? I believe that God takes a bit of his heart and places it in each one of us, just like he gives us different gifts. He gives us a different part of his heart to meet or make a difference to a human hurt or need or hope in the world. And as you begin to understand your passion over time, it points to where or with who God wants you to serve. And then lastly, do you need to stop doing something so that you can serve? You know, sometimes people say, well, I'm too busy, my diary's full, I can't serve anywhere. I'm not sure Jesus ever accepts that answer. Some of us need to look at our diary and say, hey, I can stop doing this so I can start serving. There's a QR code that you can point your uh, phone camera at and that will take you to a page that you can fill out a form that I set up this week. It's a little simple form basically saying, here I am, I'm ready to serve, here's my name, my contact details, fill it in and we'll get back to you this week and help you start that journey if you want to make a start. For those uh, online, if it's not there by the end of the service, there'll be a URL in the chat that you can use that will take you to that form as well. You see, we're at our best when we're serving others and we're not when we're not. We're living out the heart of Jesus when we're serving others. We're bringing glory to his name. We're shining his light in the world when we do. And not only will others be blessed by us as we serve them, 
they will see a glimpse of how God loves them through us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that out of your heart and who you are, you have allowed that to shape your actions in our world and cause you to leave heaven for our sake and to serve us and to give your life as a ransom. And Lord, as you've done that and as you've taught us and as you continue to speak to us, out of that example that you've given us, you're calling us to live to a new tune, to a different order. You're convicting us. You're demonstrating, you're showing us. But, Lord, you also partner with us. You're there with us when we step out in faith to serve another in love. So, Lord, we thank you that you've shown us the way. Lord, for those who have already begun to serve with you and with others in your name and with your love, Lord, continue to encourage and inspire and grow them in your heart and in their skill in loving others. And, Lord, for those who may be in a place for whatever reason they're at there now that aren't at the moment serving, Lord, open the door, show the way, help them see a need. Lord, make a connection with someone like Reg and Ruth did. They weren't looking for it, but you created that divine connection that opened up a serving opportunity. And, Lord, encourage each one that as we do, we're not doing it alone but with you then in a sense we can't fail. And Lord, I pray for our church, Hope Valley Church, for our people who join us from afar and a part of the church here on site. Lord, that we would continue and grow in being known as a church that loves and serves its community and world. And that as we be known for that, it would not be about bringing glory to us, but Lord, but pointing people to you and your love and your grace for them. Lord, right now, anyone who's feeling fearful or anxious because they sense you're calling them and they don't know what that means and in one sense they can't till they step out and follow you, Lord, may they know your peace and assurance right now that they can take that step in faith and see what's on the other side, trusting you even as they begin. We bless you, Lord Jesus, our Saviour, our Servant King and our Lord. Amen. We're going to finish with this wonderful song that reminds us we are called to a higher calling than the world, a calling that leads us on with Jesus, that takes us out of our comfort zone and takes us into the world where Jesus is, that we might join him in serving others in the name of God with his love and his power. Let's stand and sing.